0: Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome back to Critical Condition Sports, wherever you may be and however you're listening. Thanks for joining me today on this special episode here, folks. To Tuesday, we're dropping this thing uh three days earlier than what we usually do. Uh, just because of the fact that it's the holidays, folks. Your boy's gonna be traveling here. And let's face it, folks, we all have a lot of things to do, whether you're spending time with family. Getting ready for some, you know, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day food. Or if you're like your boy over here waiting till last minute to do some Christmas shopping, folks. Again, it's a busy time. It's a good time of year, folks. It's the holidays, man. I hope everyone's enjoying it. I hope you're getting everything done as you're listening to this. Uh, Yeah, man, we're, we're, we're doing this right, man. I got, got the special episode here on a Tuesday. I have an amazing guest in professional ring announcer Christian Schmidt joining me today. Awesome dude, man. Awesome. I cannot stop saying good things about him, man. It it was just an awesome conversation and it was different here for for us here at Critical Condition just because, you know, the majority of the content here that that I give to everyone that listens, it's a lot of, you know, MMA athletes or just people in the combat sports world that competes athletically. But, you know, Christian, you know, does a very important job. You know, he is the voice. The voice of different organizations when it comes to be able to just introduce fighters properly. He does it right. It was a huge honor to be able to have this episode with him. And yeah, we're going to get a different point of view. You know, we're usually talking about fighters and people competing. But today we're going to talk about the man that takes the time to make sure that every single fighter gets the proper introduction that they deserve. So it's exciting to to be able to do that. Uh, Real quick though, before we get started, I just want to go ahead and give you all my plug in here. Please follow Critical Condition Sports on Instagram at Critical Condition Sports and on Twitter at Condition Talk. If you want to watch this uh, interview or many of the past interviews in the video format, head over to the YouTube channel, which is tied in under Critical Condition Sports. And or you can just hit that link in the description below, folks. But real quick as well, folks, we're doing some betting. If you need some betting advice, head over to the Twitter, uh, Twitter channel right there, the Twitter page, I mean, and just go ahead and follow at Condition Talk, folks. Right now, over the last 40 games we've bet on, we've hit on 35 out of the 40. So we're getting close to that 100% mark as every single week uh, goes on. Last week, we were 8-2. Obviously, you're not where we want to be. We want to get that 100%, but we're getting we're getting close, folks. We're getting close. You know, the Buccaneers and football, you understand upsets and how things go. Sometimes those things are tough to predict. And I want to let you all know that next week, we'll be back next week. I'll, I'll, we'll be having an episode next week, and I'll just let you all know who it is. Next week, it's going to be PFL World Champion Haush Manfiel. So he'll be on the show. That way, you guys can uh, look forward to that one. But today, man, let's just not wait any longer, man. I'm excited for you all to listen to this conversation. Christian Schmidt, folks, professional ring announcer, is coming on right now. And just remember, folks, he is definitely one of the best here in this prof- profession. And if you don't know his name, well, now you'll know after this interview, folks. Enjoy. My next guest. He is a personality. He is a San Antonio native. He not only has one of the best voices in Texas, but in the entire United States. I have joining me today, Ring Announcer, Christian Schmidt. How you doing, Christian?
1: Wow. Jose, thank you for the introduction, man. That really makes me feel good. Thanks for having me on your show. I mean, you've had a lot of big names um in the sport and combat sports and so. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, thanks again.
0: Oh man. Th- thank you for making the time, man. You know, it's a, it's a Friday night, you know, we're doing this thing here. Uh, we're making some time, you know, we're both very busy and, uh, you know, I'm ha- I'm just happy to be here, man. How have you been?
1: Oh, I mean, I've been great. Um, I mean, ever since we started to kind of come out of the pandemic, I've been having more opportunities come my way. Um, I've been really working hard at it, trying to, trying to make those opportunities happen. And, uh, you know, now it's the holiday season. So in the combat sports world, as we all know, things are calming down. So, um, you know, I'm just enjoying time now with my family.
0: Absolutely, man. You know, it's, uh, you know, family has always been important, but you know, it's obviously like going through something like the pandemic that really brings you closer. Plus you're kind of forced to be there with them right during lockdown. So you kind of had to get used to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How, how was, um, So let me, let me just start off with this. So you are a ring announcer, professional ring announcer here. And how long have you been doing this? Well, I mean, getting started
1: in the, just kind of in general, it was 2001. Um, When I was 22 years old, I started out in indie uh, pro wrestling in the San Antonio area. The gentleman by the name of Ray, the voice Aikens helped me get my start. And I uh during that time I always wanted to do pro boxing and pro MMA. Um, because I also worked as a journalist for fightnews.com and boxingtop.com. Um believe it or not, it's very difficult because there's very few, very far between opportunities. Um, it's one of those things, one of those (laughs) jobs where very few people have that spot. And so finally in 2014 in, in Laredo, Texas with Fito Martinez, I got to announce my first professional boxing event. And, uh, from there it, it, it just grew. So, I mean, kind of started in 2001. Um, my first pro boxing that I announced was 14. And then pro MMA was like, 15, 16. I think it was in Corpus rocks, extreme combat. Okay. And, um, been trying to go hard ever since and and growing and
0: learning at the same time yeah definitely now you know professional ring announcers is very unique for me you know because you think of you know what a lot of people want to be doctors right doctors dentists and then you go into like the professional sports world you're thinking fighters tons of tons of organizations right for fighters you know there's a lot of fighters out there same thing with football players and basketball players but Professional ring announcers, man, it's something that it's hard in the sense where, like you said, there's not a lot of opportunities, right? A lot of the, like the major promotions, it's either, you know, Bruce Buffer, you know, or Michael Buffer, you know, and Justin Roberts. And, you know, pretty much like in, their, in the bigger leagues, you know, you just have the same staple names. Why did you want to become a ring announcer, though? Well,
1: kind of like, you know, one of my all time favorite ring announcers, Lupe Contreras from Houston, who I think is... Only behind Michael Buffer, that's how high I rank him. Okay. Uh, uh, Lupe one time said, "You really don't find the business; the business finds you." Okay. And I mean, so many of our stories are like, I mean, none of us can say we went to school to be a ring announcer. Yeah. There as the school for ring announcer. When you're a little kid, you really don't say, "When I grow up, I want to be a ring announcer." Yeah. It happens, and. A lot of the times you'll hear a story where you know it was like a re announcer was one time in a martial arts class, and that upcoming weekend the instructor said, Will you announce? and then they got good at it, or you filled in for the radio DJ that did it and one time and then you got good at it, and people said you were good at it. Um, and the same thing with me, I mean, I like to say some story about, Oh, you know, when i in sixth grade and my dad took me to see wrestling and I said, I want to do that one day. <laughs> if I'm just being honest. Yeah. Um, it, it, um, it evolved. I mean, I loved pro boxing and I mean, I, I became pretty much a, a boxing junkie in about 2000. Um, because I used to work on a TV show in San Antonio called the edge. It was aired on CTSA every, every week, and I got to start interviewing, Um, local talent in San Antonio I mean you've got like the Spurs that are king they're hard to get to if you can you know get an interview with them but some of the local wrestlers and some of the boxers and back then there was no mixed martial artists in San Antonio that were higher level Of course. and I did start meeting some of the boxers um, like Oscar Diaz God rest his soul and Omar Dagula and I eventually interviewed Jesse James Leha um, I got to meet Tony Ayala Jr., uh, James Coker, um, and then like other big names, other notable people like Luke Duba, one night and I would go to their events and I, uh, that's how I started writing and I just became so hooked to the events in itself. And then, um, yeah, uh, uh, because I was already involved in indie pro wrestling one day, the guy that. Did not the radio DJ for Fito Martinez and AAA Promotions in Laredo? Um, I just had told him I said, "Well, if you ever need an announcer, I do this in wrestling," and his guy couldn't be there. And fortunately, there was some weak clip some fan uploaded of a of an indie wrestling show I did, and I sent it to him just to show him I had some yeah. experience. And I did it, and then he continued to use me, and then. I had to learn so much as I, I went along. And, and it's a lot of fun because even at 43 years old and doing it for, for the time I have, I learned every single time I announce. And yeah. I will continue to learn until the last day I ever announced. So it's 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 a continuous process like that. But yeah, I, I kind of more the business kind of more more so found me, I guess you could say.
0: No, definitely, you know, and I want to shout you out here because you know, Christian. Growing up, you know, and it's funny, right? You're like, I don't want to talk about, I don't have this kind of a story where, you know, I was a sixth grader and my dad took me somewhere. But I want to shout you out here because of the fact that in sixth grade, I mean, if you had to even think about going up in front of class and having to talk there, people would shaking their legs. I was one of them, you know? A lot of people may not believe that looking at me now, but I was one of those. I was very shy, right? Even through high school, a lot of people are just scared. And I know adults to this day, that can't I mean that's that's a weakness in that sense right there and you you know do it professionally and you go out there in front of crowds here and you have to talk there is there nerves out there how nerve-wracking can it be or is it just smooth sailing for you now
1: um I mean it's just smooth sailing I've done it so many times and I'm gonna quote Floyd Mayweather okay one time on 24-7 he was talking about how he mentally prepares himself for his fights a lot of people know Mayweather is 50, and you know, and he's never lost. Yeah. And I always wondered about that and how he prepared himself. But I have the same mentality. He said, I figure whatever's going to happen out there is going to happen. And basically what he's saying is he's comfortable with whatever happens. I feel the same way. Um, I really, really, really prepare hardcore. And I know we'll get into that later. But at the same time, if I make an error, I mean, I'm okay with it. Okay. Um, obviously, there's YouTube and, and, and <laughs> Facebook and videos and people all have yeah. They do. But with the content of the whole world constantly uploading something new, I mean, it's like for something to really embarrass, you know, something myself or, or somebody in the ring with me, I mean, you'd have to try to do something now. I mean, there's just so much stuff out there. Yeah. Um, I tell my friends when, when, I, when I try to calm them down, I say, I could get up there and fall flat on my face. And if I do, I'm going to laugh about it. And um, I'm going to get up as if nothing happens. And I yeah. uh, haven't had that happen, come close a couple of times <laughs> uh, because there's, there's a lot of excitement in the rain. A lot.
0: Absolutely. But
1: um, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I prepare myself extensively. I stay very, very focused you have to be very mentally focused. And I guess we'll talk about that later, but that's why back to your question. Yeah. It's just smooth sailing um, come time. I've done it so many times earlier on. I was more nervous. The only time I really get nervous is for like, for example, last Saturday in San Antonio on the next level sports channel, when it's on national television. um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm proud enough to say I do it all over the United States, and I've been on pay per views, but being on national television—I mean, real national television it was only my second time of doing that. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of nerves that time, um, because I know there's really there's no room for error.
0: No, absolutely. Because
1: I have seen some errors made by other announcers, and I know exactly what I cannot say, like announce the wrong guy. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean. To be honest, no, there's there's really no nerves. And every time I, I do it, now I'm just so comfortable doing it. And I make sure that I found ways to get enough information that I need.
0: Absolutely. Now, do you still remember your very first time you ever did it?
1: Yeah, it was in a baseball stadium in Laredo, Texas. The main event um, was John Montez taking on Eddie Ramirez okay. and um I just felt like it was long overdue. It was like finally my shot, finally my time. Um, I was so used to doing indie wrestling shows at the time. And um, I knew it was a different beast. It really was. Um, For boxing and MMA, it's much more formal. The Indie wrestling scene, there's no barricade, there's no state officials, there's no doctors. There's usually never any police. it's way more laid back. You're having fun. You can be eating nachos, um, sitting ringside, giggling and laughing. Boy, if it's pro boxing and pro MMA, I mean, you are just you know, you got to be really attentive. And there's you know, I mean, earlier I was saying I'm okay if I make an error, but at the same time, it's it's not accepted if you do to the point where it's funny. Or in wrestling, you can laugh it off, but. Yeah. I had to be more stiff and more, more on my P's and Q's more than ever when I had my first ever uh, pro-boxing and boxing experience.
0: Now, now let, me, let me shift to this. So, you know, obviously, you know, you've been doing this now. You've got your first shot, was it 20, 2014, correct? Yeah. Now, how has your preparation been? How's it changed since the very first time you started? Well,
1: that's a great question. Um, it Okay, now the casual fan... Sits at home. yeah. Just like I did because I've been a I'm proud of boxing fan, MMA fan, yeah. for years. And you're thinking, well, all this, this ring announcer does is he goes up into the middle of the ring and he reads off of a piece of paper.
0: Yeah, that's fair. People say that.
1: And while that's true, There's so much more that goes into it. And, um, you know, when I do my shows, sometimes I am handed an information packet with more information than I want. Other times, it's up to me to get all that information. And more times than none, it is up to me to get that information. And I've learned what I need to do when. Um, obviously I, 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 all the way down to, um, a lot of times I'll spend the night in the hotel the Friday before the Saturday and I will go to the lobby. This was taught to me by my friend, Matt Stolo, who's up in Dallas area. Uh, he he mentioned doing it uh, a couple of years ago. I will go into the lobby. I will have my bag. I will have my notebook and I will just be there with my pen and paper uh, looking up on track or Googling or, or Facebook, I'm inboxing fighters. Hey, how do you want me to introduce you tomorrow? And people are coming in and out of the lobby. Right? And, you know, and I'll try to recognize them from the way in. So I'll say, oh, hey, aren't you this guy? Okay, could you come here for a second? Okay, do you have a nickname? What's your hometown? Well, they'll say, my hometown is such and such, but I was born here. So can you say it like this? Okay, do you want me to include a gym? Um, Is there anything else that you would like for me to say? Um, You know, boxing MMA is a very diverse game. It's not ruled by any nationality or race or creed or, or language. or. That's another reason why I love it. It's so diverse. I learned so much about different cultures. But by that fact, I have to learn different pronunciations of the fighters name so i'll pull out my phone and say oh could you please tell me how to pronounce your name and more often than none you'll be like whoa i would have said it like this or it looks like it's spelled like this um, uh, uh, but um, that's what i like to do that's how i like to prepare and um, it's just been awesome for the learning experience because i've, I've, I've learned so much more about um different countries are, are, are people from different countries, other, other cultures um, in that sense. And I'm, I'm
0: continuing to learn. Definitely. Now, I mean, you know, that you bring up a great point pronunciation. If anyone here on the show would know this, I am the absolute worst at pronunciating names. Oh, my goodness. It's such a such a nerve wrecking thing. Has that ever happened to you, though? I mean, because we're human, right? It happens. Right. I mean, how do you bounce back from from that? You just keep going. Yeah, I
1: mean, if, if you ever make a mistake on the microphone, I mean, for one, you really don't know until it's done.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, if you make a mistake, don't acknowledge it. <laughs> I'm because, you. Um, oh, uh, I know I said it was the light heavyweight title. I meant to say the cruiserweight title. Ooh, nine times oh out of ten, God. nobody cares. I yeah. you know, 99 times out of 100, nobody Except for the person that, you know, is, is maybe an official, a ringside official, or maybe, I mean, very few. And then you know to say it correctly the next time. But when you like, you know, I mean, the only time you would like have to correct yourself is if you announced the wrong winner. But I say, I stay so focused that I've never had that happen. But that would be the only time, or if you made a blunder that huge. But to answer your question, whenever you make an error up there, just continue to act like you didn't do it because ultimately the flow and the actual presentation of what you're going to say is going to look a lot more professional.
0: What's, you know, moving on here, what's one of the biggest challenges you think you face Christian in this field?
1: Well, um, Dan, that's a good question too. Um, A lot of it is perseverance because, you know, including all the places that I've been, you have no idea how often I've been rejected. And, you know, I'm proud to say that. Why? Like, well, um, it shows my perseverance. And that's the nature of the beast. And, um, uh, you know, I'll never take away, you know, uh, from anything like, for example, the fighters that like they do the fighters put their health on the line, but I will say this much, there's more opportunities for fighters or trainers or judges yeah. or officials or people of that nature. When you go to a show, a Boxing MMA show, there's two one announcer.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's not a lot of opportunities. Though my biggest challenge would be probably that uh getting, getting you know the re- rejections. And then also sometimes it's, it's hard to take when, you know, a promotion or a promoter has shown interest in you and let me get back to you, let me get back to you. You get really excited and you get really excited and they tell you, oh, I talked to my partner and we're going to go ahead and go with a local guy or we'll use you the next time. Or sometimes it's out of their hands or the show got postponed because of COVID, which happened a lot recently.
0: Obviously. 100%. It's getting scary. That's been the
1: most difficult time. It's just, you know, uh, 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 to be so excited about a possible opportunity. And then you're hoping it's going to happen and then it doesn't. So, yeah, that's my my biggest challenge. And it remains to be.
0: Now, was there, you know, you talk about being on, you know, national television. You've announced it twice. You know, your first time. Is there anything that you did differently to prepare for yourself? Because some would say, you know, obviously that's it's a leap, right? You're, you know, doing a lot of shows, but something about it being like on national TV or, you know, something real, I guess I'm not going to say not recognizable, right? But something that's known, you know, that a lot of people will recognize. Like you said, you know, you make mistakes. It's obviously magnified, right? If you're like on national television, you know, was there a different sense of, Preparation and urgency to make sure you Just got everything right for your first time
1: Oh absolutely Um, I mean I was just so Staying on point my first time Announcing on national television It's a funny story Um, It was On an Indian reservation A casino In Newtown North Dakota Population less than 2,000 People
0: Okay,
1: And for a guy like me, born and raised in San Antonio, and I lived in Austin and Los Angeles, lived in Moreno. To have my first time announcing on, in, in, on national television in, in a city with that little people, but to have that big of an opportunity was like, wow. And I got to announce for my uh, my, my favorite boxer of all time, Virgil Hill. Uh, he It was his promotion. And so I just knew I had to be, on point as best as I could. So I had my note cards. I I keep note cards and I study them the night before. And so that's what I did, um, or as much as I could. Um, and so when it came fight day, I got a good night's sleep, woke up, had my coffee and, um, I was ready to go.
0: Now, you know, talk, you talk about perseverance and we're talking about your first opportunity was that the most memorable moment would you say in your professional career
1: oh it definitely ranked up there um as of the most memorable yeah. moment and we probably have to be kind of a tie probably five-way tie if that's possible um it would rank up there with The time I announced for Zab Judah's promotion in the U.S. Virgin Islands, Um, my wife and I were out there, Uh, for Team Tapia in Albuquerque, New Mexico, or I'm sorry, Mescalero, New Mexico. They're from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, His wife, Teresa, is the uh, the one in charge of that. Uh, Announcing for Christy Martin in Daytona Beach, Florida. Announcing in front of Floyd May Jr. in Florida. Uh, I did the U.S. uh, uh, boxing trials, Olympic trials, Three years ago in Salt Lake City, kind of all come together. Um, national television for Team Aronis boxing. It's past Saturday. Uh, as far as choosing one, it, it kind of had to be hard because they all kind of come together in a unique in their own special way.
0: Was there okay? Besides the you know being on national TV's, or a time where the, the nerves hit? Because I talked to Mike Bond from MMA Junkie, right? And Mike's Mike's a phenomenal journalist. I've Talked to him a couple of times and you know, he's giving me some advice, but I always ask him, I remember asking him like, you know, do the nerves ever go away ever, you know, at least, you know, starting out. And he told me that, you know, even as a, as a professional, it'll, it'll always creep back up at some point, right. Even one time, D- does that ever happen to you? Like with meeting anybody, with meeting anybody announcing a specific person?
1: Um, when I have not been given proper preparation okay. or something has changed at the last second. All right. Somebody taps me on the shoulder and says, no, we say this, or we're not going with that fight. Or there's a dispute in the back where I don't know who's coming out next. Um, I, I, I get so focused That I don't have to be nervous, but um, uh, it's still sometimes there because of uh, out of my fear of disorganization. Uh, But I mean, for the most part, it it it, um, I mean I've done it enough times to really don't be nervous.
0: Now, now as we're you know reaching the end here, Christian, is there a specific uh, sport you know that you've announced that's harder than the other ones, more difficult than the other one to announce?
1: um probably oh man um well baseball once because i just wasn't very uh i wasn't i'm not as big of a fan and i just wasn't that far into the routine and i was just working with people for the first time that um i hadn't worked for um so i'd probably say it was definitely it was uh for the uh leaners uh, who are now defunct too it, like it was on my only baseball team a couple of years ago but um, but yeah i have to say that
0: one. Do, do you keep, do you keep up with uh combat sports uh, I know you were busy last week and and uh working but do you, do you keep up with like the UFC and the the current state of boxing everything that's going on
1: oh well, yeah all the time all yeah. the time um, you, I love it
0: did you ever you, did you ever, did you get to see the results for the for last week's UFC fight
1: um, obviously I was quite busy, um, but I did hear about how Amanda Nunes got beat. Yeah. And I was like, That's wow, insane. by Juliana Pena and, um, for you.
0: Yep. for lost.
1: I mean, I was like, wow. I'm wondering how Dana White feels about his top guys losing like that. And, um, I mean, it goes to show you, um, How exciting and how you never know what's going to happen in MMA. I mean, you never know. Boxing, you can be a little bit more like, okay, this guy's going to beat that. guy. But in MMA, anything can happen, no matter how much one guy or girl is favored over the other one. That's what makes it so exciting. And now when you're a true fan, you can't miss it um, when your favorite fighter's going to fight.
0: Do what is your opinion on the whole Jake Paul Jake Jake Paul stuff here with boxing, right? Because you're you're you know your stuff in boxing. You've been a fan of the sport. I mean, do you dislike what he's been doing with the sport? I mean, where do you, where do you stand here? Because everyone's got an opinion based on that. Man,
1: you know, I, I try to pride myself kind of like the way I am in politics. Uh, I can never call myself Republican or Democratic. I'm independent, and I can always view things from two different sides. And the purists in boxing that love it, and they go way back generations, and remember watching it with their dad and grandpa and great grandpa, whatever. Yeah. They're not happy because they feel as though that the Pauls are making a mockery of it. Um, at the end of the day, this is an entertainment business. Absolutely. And if it's selling tickets, then well, more power to them. So to answer your question, I mean I understand why some people don't like it. Do I like it? Yes. What?
0: I'm a yeah. fan of the guy. Um,
1: here's the thing: it, Are the Pauls annoying? Yeah, of course yeah. they are. I, I mean, they're super annoying. But I will admit they're taking the sport seriously. Are they can, really a contender? I mean, no. But I mean, they're taking this seriously. You see the way their bodies look, the promotion. I mean, those tickets don't just sell themselves. I mean, they are out selling these events. And also there are legit fighters on the undercards that are making high dollar paydays because of guys of, uh, um, the
0: that they're attracting.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, another thing that's so true is, you know, I ordered the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather exhibitions past June.
0: I believe it was uh was it might have been June, March. I, that's the one you know, that's the one thing that it so I, I like Jake. I just don't I don't like Logan Paul to be honest with you. Uh, well the, I like Jake though.
1: I had a party in my house
0: yeah.
1: and for the first time ever, my nieces cared. Yeah. They never watched boxing, and, and, and I was like, was sitting on have a big couch at my house they were like (laughs) paying attention and you know i didn't really know anything about the pauls before boxing i mean Mm -hmm. pretty much nothing i thought they were the same guy Uh, (laughs) but um but but they were they were like telling me all their history about him and i just found out what a youtuber was um so my point is when you're attracting a whole other audience I mean, even if it is teenage girls or whatever, uh, that's making the sport bigger than what it was before teenage girls did not watch it. Yeah. So, um, and, and to, to, to add on to that, I mean, I am the announcer for celebrity championship boxing okay. uh, ran by Zab Judah. And um, I loved it. It, 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 was, it was mainly a, a kind of internet personalities that were boxing um, each other, and it sold. And it's sold. I mean, Instagram people um, were, were, were all about it. And I mean, there was trolls getting involved and saying this or that. And I mean, it's just fun. It's just entertaining. It's it's something you want to see. Now, I do have a message for anybody that disagrees with me. And I mean, I truly mean this. I don't want to sound mean-spirited when I say this. Now, if, if anybody out there has a problem with myself or, or, or someone supporting this type of, of celebrity-style boxing, my advice to you is promote the fights you do love. Okay. Because I have seen too much complaining and negativity about, oh, uh, or the Pauls or the celebrity style. Or, and I'm thinking, okay, here I'm giving you advice uh, or, or whoever out there advice. Um, as to where they should channel their energy. I mean, instead of complaining about that, promote something you do love, whether it's where you're saying it's real boxing, um, you know, people like like Crawford and, and 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 Fury and Joshua and and Lomachenko and Josh Taylor and Nero Spence and um you know Ottawa and people like that. I mean if, if that's you know if you're into real I mean instead of bashing something, I mean start promoting more what you like because I'm like Okay, you just you know, for one, you're making so and so the Pauls famous.
0: They're (laughs) thriving off that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're you're thinking you're bashing it, but you you keep putting their name in your mouth. You're you're just you're promoting them. So I'm just saying, anybody out there, if if there's an issue with uh, that new style that's coming about, well, then invest your money. Go buy a, a a hat or a. A shirt of a of a big name, you know, bout that's going to be coming up. Um, Talk about it on your Facebook. Call a friend. Call a neighbor. Talk about something you love. But as far as bashing something that you hate, thinking that you're going to make it um, less attractive, well, you're doing just the opposite. So, and I'm all about positivity in the sport because there is way, 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 way too much negativity.
0: One hundred percent agree.
1: uh, I mean, it's just too much. You know, disrespect towards. The fighters and the people, you know, all all, all too often the know it alls think that oh Canelo's been uh, catered or, or or cherry picker or he or Tyson Fury's too big or Terence Crawford never fought anybody or I mean the guys that are at the top of the level those know it alls see uh, coming on and they're they're bashing it and and we need more positivity. I try never to say anything negative about anybody who's a boxer no matter if you're 100 no or own 100 or if you're a celebrity boxer or if you're affiliated somehow as long as you're doing something with a positive message um i support you.
0: oh absolutely you know i think there's a lot of hate out there but people don't understand that why well, pay attention to it if it's not your cup of tea you don't have to watch it it's not like jake paul's coming at your doorstep and forcing it in your face exactly in my exactly. opinion you know i think that like celebrity boxing and all these different avenues you know people are paying for it. Right. So there's, there's a certain demand for it. Right. And the thing is that I think people fail to understand that not everyone likes the same thing. You know, I don't like seafood. There's a lot of people that like seafood, you know, everyone likes different things. So I a hundred percent agree with you, Christian, you know, is there anything uh, else, you know, as we're closing out the show here that you'd like to tell the audience listening?
1: Oh, um, you know, just uh, thank you, Jose, Critical Condition uh, for having me. It's been my pleasure. Um, thank you so much. Anybody else that has any other questions, just feel free to find me on Facebook at Christian Schmidt. Uh, if you're looking to book me uh, for an event, I'd love to talk to you. Um, if you're just a fan and you just want to talk about the sport, I'd love that too. I can talk about it all day. And um, I would love to do it again.
0: Awesome. Christian Schmidt, you've been an awesome guest. Thank you so much for your time. And to everyone out there listening, thank you all for your time. I'll catch you later, guys. Goodbye.